This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. <laughs> and Christmas cheer, as we say, as we're coming to you from the George IV pub in Chiswick, which is, I'm going to say this, you sound like a broken record, you might say, about myself, but it is one of my favourite bruises. It's wicked in here, I love it. It's properly buzzing now as we're coming into the Christmas period now. And I'm sitting with my chums around the table here. Um, in a totally festive mood, I'm sitting here and I have, I've got a beer at the moment, but I might flip to something a little bit more festive a little bit later. But my name's Billy Grant and I am sitting here with a massive smile on my face because I've had this one song going around in my head for the whole of the weekend after the activity on Saturday when Fulham came to Griffin Park. I'm going to say again. Fulham tried to beat Brentford at Griffin Park. Again, Brentford failed. Oh. <laughs> to, lose. <laughs> to lose, that's right. Thank you for helping you out on that one. Again, Brentford absolutely smashed Fulham. Again. Again at Griffin Park. And I tell you something, I was so happy all weekend that I was just lying there with a smile on my face because that was just the best thing that's ever happened to me in the whole of last week anyway <laughs> anyway I'm Billy Grant I'm sitting around here in the chums in the house I've got I've got Dan the man Dan the man you are the you are the man aren't you yes I'm the man hello hello Billy hello Besotted yep my first appearance this season so far so I'm coming off the sub bench going to score a last minute goal and win the game so yeah let's go there was no last-minute goals on Saturday, but there were certain things that made you smile, weren't there? Oh, definitely. When when we uh, when we beat Fulham at, at home, you know, again, again, <laughs> it's just uh, you know, it's the last time we're going to beat Fulham at home again, again, again. <laughs> so yeah, you know, great day, great game of football. Um, yeah, smiling. I had a smile for on my face for the rest of the evening. It was brilliant. Good, good, good. Oh, just for the rest of the evening. Jesus. You, you, you obviously, you, you, just, you weren't taking it too seriously, Dan the man, were you? We've got Laney in the house again. Hello, again. Um, 
nice hat, Bill. Bill, I know you, we're on like technically on audio, but there will be a picture of Billy wearing his elf's hat. Um, we've got three Santa Claus hats on. We're taking this Christmas thing quite seriously, and so we should, mate, because the bees are going up. The bees are going up. We got Cham in the house, who I haven't seen Cham in the studio for a while, but it was good to get you back in, Cham. How are you doing? Great, I'm, I'm really good, Billy. Uh, thank you both for inviting me. Looking forward to spreading the Christmas cheer. Cheer, tell you something, and talking about cheers, there were plenty of cheers going up when the ball went in the back of the net on Saturday when Fulham came down and we beat them again, as we say. But like I said, I'm Billy Grant and I'm so delighted to go on this Fulham podcast here. And uh, tell you what, we've got a game that we're going to talk about. We played Fulham on Saturday and we're going to discuss that. Listen, I know the characters, like, we were, I tell you, before that, we go about that because well, we had the guys on Monday night. We had the Greville Waterman, the Waterman, and also Robin Hood were in the Love Sports studio on Monday. They were taking the place of us because we were on other duties on Monday. And they talked quite a lot about the Fulham game, so you can hear their opinion if you go to prideofwest.london. Really good radio show, that one as well. We had the Matt Beadle, who was back in the house as well, so go and check that out. But we're going to talk about the Fulham game in a minute. But before that, because we were on proper different duties on Monday, because myself and Laney... We were down at the Tower of London. Off with the heads. You're off with the heads. And, uh, yeah, it was the um, FSAs. It's quite a prestigious award. Football Supporters Association Award, that is. Yep, absolutely. And Besotted was nominated for Best Fans Media for 2019, which, I know, I'm, I'm very, very, very proud to have been in the, same, in the same category as some real big hitters. You know, there was um, the Anfield Rap, which is a, a colossal fan network for Liverpool. Uh, you know, European champions, 250,000 followers on Twitter. And there was, who else was in our category? The Ask Blog. Ask Blog, big as well. But yeah, and again, quarter of a million followers. And Norwich know, as well. Yeah. Along come Norwich and mates of ours as well. They're good guys as well. And Lincoln, um, uh, the Stacey West blog as well. Yeah, and it's just, it's just nice to be recognised for just doing, like, just carry on doing things that you're excited about things that you, you, you're passionate about something you can have fun doing so you know we have our knockers but we get a lot of a lot of lot of uh, props as well so thank you to those people that voted for us and nominated us and uh, you know we'll we'll carry on doing this long into the future I hope we will and, 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 and just talking about the night as well and like I said to you really 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 do appreciate the people that nominated us the people that voted for us you took time there and also the people honestly there's so many people that have been coming up to us recently that who I've, been, I've never seen before, maybe may have met you 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago, who come up to us and say, look, thanks very much for doing the podcast. So these are the type of things that spur us on, because sometimes you just get very, very, very kind of disillusioned, and it's very difficult, and when the results are going to plan, and sometimes you've got things going on personal in your life, and you've still got to come out the house and do another podcast or try and bring it all together. So it's when you actually start giving us your support, we say thanks very much. So look, if you can go to iTunes and just give us a nice little thumbs up and just give a nice little review, it helps the podcast rise up the charts. And as you probably know, we are, I think we were like about in the top 20 in Vietnam in the podcast as well. And we're still waiting for that Vietnam posse to, 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 to put their heads above the sand so that we can actually go over there on a little tour. But we are top 20 in Vietnam. Um, and we should actually probably put that on our bio as well. But we like that. We got down the man. Just want to say thank you to you guys for doing the podcast because you guys put a lot of effort in behind the scenes and like I really appreciate it. You know, I do a lot of driving for work and having that podcast keeps me sane. 
so yeah you know just thanks for doing what you guys do and you know don't listen to the trolls and yeah just keep going on no, we, we don't <laughs> we don't cheers Dan I'm glad that the envelope that we passed over the table actually reached you in time for when we actually pressed the record button like you know what I'm saying but like I said to you like, we, we, do, we do enjoy doing it and we have a good laugh and we're going to have like I said to you we're coming to the end of the this this uh, this century this uh, century this decade as well <laughs> and so we're going to do a podcast for next week for Christmas Day where you can hear all our thoughts all our feelings all our vibes we're going to be doing the Brentford team of the season or theme of the decade as well and we're going to be talking about all the good points and the positive points and probably a few of the negative points from the season as well so you check that out at prideofwest.london on, it's going to come out on Christmas Day we think because I think that after you had a bit of tucker a bit of food and then you want to just chill out at 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon just about to watch the Queen's Speech we'll just pop our podcast up so you know you can have the Queen's Speech on silent and you can listen to the besotted Pride of West London podcast so which is all good but like I said to you we come back to like I said to the, uh, the award show the FSA Awards, which is good. And like I said to you, we met for a few drinks beforehand and then we bowled down to the Tower of the London. Now, off of the heads. Off of the heads, which is, um, which is good. And there's loads of people that, for me, I'll tell you something, what my, um, one of my plus points was, is that, um, well, there's a quite a few plus points that we did, that we said, um, that, that, we, that, we, that we said there. Um, what's the name again? Oh, yeah, again. Sorry. But, but one of my main plus points was, and this is kind of really because really, I, I don't really get starstruck, but there's loads of characters in the house, in there. But I met, um, I met Caroline Barker, who does the, uh, uh, the Totally um, Football League show podcast, but she also presents on Sky. She uh, on the BBC. She's a, she was a Cheltenham on the board of Cheltenham as well, not Cheltenham, Chelmsford FC as well. Big non-league football fan. And I love Caroline Barker, she's brilliant, did a lot of women's football stuff, so I met her, chatted to her for a lot. So it's almost like that was my highlight of the night, chatting and meeting Caroline Barker. And um, yeah, which is all good. Laney, I mean, what was your, did you have a highlight of the night? Highlight of the night was um, sitting on the next table to the Fulhamish lads. And uh, <laughs> once we realised we hadn't won fuck all... Um, we... Again, because we've been nominated three times and won nothing three times. But listen, we're not bitter, it's cool. We just took it out on them, basically. And um, there, was, there was a lot of bees up for them down. And uh, we went to the after party with them and uh, they couldn't shake us off, mate. It's good. And we are good mates with the Bullerish lads, but they also know that we do like, as we said, we're an old school fan team. And we say, you know, we like jokes. You, you need to know how to drop the jokes in there. And uh, I'd, I'd like to say that we're better than most in dropping the jokes. And we dropped the jokes in. And Fulham, quite, quite sure whether or not we were serious or if we were piss-takey about it. But that's just the way it goes. But fair play to them. They won Best Podcast Award. We weren't in the same category as them. We were in the Best Fan Media Award, which was voted. There wasn't voted. There was from a panel. And But listen, it's a great podcast. But we did absolutely take the piss out of them. We said, to fair play to them. At least they won something this weekend. <laughs> because they didn't beat us. Because we beat them again on Saturday. But anyway, we're not better. We move forward because, listen, we're going to talk about this Fulham game. But before we actually talk about the game, we're going to go back and listen to what the fans had to say after the match. Because they were very, very happy. Except the one Fulham fan who was really, really not happy. After the game in the pub. Oh, absolutely brilliant result and a brilliant performance. We looked absolutely solid today. We were tearing up the ribbons going forwards. We didn't quite get the second goal. Their keeper made a couple of saves. Looked like the ball was in the net a couple of times, but 
the bees were magnificent. And Fulham, yet again, leaving Griffin Park in tears. I think, uh, I think they, were, they, were, they were like expecting this, really. Speaking to a few of them in the pubs earlier, and uh, yeah, they were making their excuses early. From start to finish, that was superb. Deserved more than one goal, which made it a little bit nervy, as always. But you look at that game again afterwards, we were superb. And if we'd have got the second, uh, we could have gone and got three or four there. Our record against Fulham is superb. And today's performance was superb as well. Throughout the team, everyone was fantastic. Henry is such a brilliant defender. You forget that because he's so good going forward. But we were brilliant throughout. We created loads and loads of chances, especially second half. We tore him to shreds. And uh, we deserved a much, much more than 1-0 win. Uh, we were fantastic throughout. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, it's fantastic. Every man today. Every man. I don't, I don't, every woman, every man. Every man. Join the caravan of love. Every caravan. It was fantastic. You know, I never thought we'd lose that today. We were, we were at them. We were fitter and stronger. There was more desire. But every single player played their part. And he made the substitutions in the right way. They were tired. They deserved a break. And we were relentless. We, we was like a dog with a rubber bone. I think that is probably the best performance that I've seen from Brentford in the Championship. There were some immense performances by players today. Jensen really come of age. I thought, oh, wow, he's good. Rika Henry, I'll have some of whatever he's been on for the last three or four weeks, turned into a really, really great defensive, defensive player coming forward. Almost Liverpool-esque in the way that he was playing as our, our left our left back. I, I, I don't know what you, more you can say about this team. They grow in strength, they grow in character. The 1-0 result today absolutely flattered Fulham. We should have had three, three at least. Fulham had one chance, which hit, hit the woodwork. But we were absolutely useless. And as, and as you just said, we, there was no commitment, no passion, no passion at all. It was a London derby. Players should have been putting more passion in. I thought Josh Onomo was absolutely useless. He didn't. He, every time he got the ball, he just didn't didn't think to go forward of it. Always going back. There was too much negativity. No, no one seemed up for the game at all. Yeah, it was lovely football, lovely flowing football. I was really surprised a little bit about how good Brentford was today. If we didn't, we didn't uh, converted the chances. That was the only thing that couldn't be better. But it was lovely. I think Fulham had no chance at all today. I've been coming to Brentford for 10 years since we were in League 2 and it's all about, uh, let's be honest, it's all about the ground, the atmosphere. So that's also a little bit of a sad thing, realising that we're going to leave Griffin Park. It's proper atmosphere, old school, lovely people, I have to say. Always good day out and I don't think you find it at a bigger club. It's family here. Everyone is here. You see your children, you see your uh, elderly people, you see anyone is welcome here and that's why we love it. So good atmosphere. With the fans after the game, chuckling because it's just like there was so much happiness going down, and uh, and it's really good because the last few weeks there's been a lot of happiness going down because um sometimes you go to the matches and you go up to people and they don't want to chat to you because they're really frustrated, which we totally understand because it's really hard when you've just been beaten after the game to get people's frustrated, um, you know, they're frustrated and trying to get the reactions, but um. This game, everybody wanted to chat about this because everyone was absolutely delighted. And um, Fulham, it was, it was, to be fair, it's hard to find a Fulham fan because they all they all just disappeared. You know, normally outside the game, even after you lost outside the Griffin, you get a few stragglers that are there, you get people all around the place, and especially as they're down the road, they don't have to go back all the way up north 
But Fulham fans, literally, they absolutely evacuated the area because there was a lot of unhappiness going on with the FFC. But we're happy. But listen, I mean, Brentford, we talked about it, like I said, Pride of West London with the uh, Robin Hood and the Greville Water Man, the Water Man. They talked about it. But we're going to have a little discussion as well and just talking about it from an overarching point of view. I mean, we've beaten Fulham. And this, for me, I'm just thinking about this, because for this game, I wasn't quite sure. I wanted to, obviously, wanted to beat Fulham. I did an article, like I said, on besotted.com. You check it out. It talks about the history between us and Fulham, and they need to give us a little bit more respect, is what I said. And the reason why I say that is that they're all giving us large beforehand and calling us this and calling our stadium a shithole and saying Brentford, you know, oh, their trophy cabinet's empty and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, that's irrelevant. That might be in the past, but this is the future now. And the fact is that as we can see, for any club to have a, you know, a decent future, you, your, your infrastructure, first of all, has to be right. And we spent time getting our infrastructure right. You know, a lot of people may not be happy when the Warburton went part of his ways, but he was part of a, a creaking infrastructure. It wasn't right. Because when you've got somebody in your ranks who is basically trying to take you to a different direction to where you want to go, they've got to go. So at the end of the day, he left. And now the infrastructure has taken six years now pretty much for us to get it kind of right and we're there and when you come against a team like Fulham who spent over a hundred million pounds in trying to sort that side out right and they want to stay up and most of those players are still there and now they still spent the money I and mean, if you listen to Fulhamish podcast who uh it's funny because they took the piss out of us before and they even wrote an article afterwards causing us all sorts of stuff you know on their listen we're mates with them but they've, they've got different writers who say different things and they're a, a little bit disrespectful, it has to be said. And I say that comes from hard cheese. And I'm saying that <laughs> be very polite. There's a bit of hard cheese coming from there, guys. And the fact is that they were beaten by us and they were almost kind of saying, well, you know, they've, they've done what they've had to do, but they're still... Brentford's still shit and, you know, and they've got no trophies and we're just still better than them. And I'm just thinking, listen, you guys need to just take a reality pill because... We've got the infrastructure and you're spending 100 million and you couldn't even get a sniff against us who, to be honest with you, should have beaten you 5 or 6 nil. So what I'm trying to have a look at is that for a team who all the pundits, like sheep, they all run after and say, oh, Fulham, 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 Fulham are going to get it promoted and they're not even anywhere near at the moment now. What does that victory actually mean for us moving forward, seeing as we're coming to the end of the year, end of the decade, and we're moving into 2020? which is going to be the run-in to May when we may or may not be over the line when it comes to promotion, either automatics or the playoffs. Champ. Yeah, so obviously any West London derby, any game against Fulham, you win, it's going to be a morale-boosting thing. But in this particular context, in this season, Fulham justifiably, and I would say so as, as, as a Brentford fan, they probably were thinking they'll be in that top two. They, not only did they keep Mitrovic and Kearney, who were class players and extend their contracts from, from previous seasons, but they bought in Caviero uh, on loan, they bought Bobby Reid, um, Knockhart as well. All three of those players were class in this division before. They bought in Harrison Reid and Harry Arter, as well as getting Michael Hector in as well, um, who's coming in January. They couldn't just get his paperwork over. So that's a very, very strong team who should be doing much, much better. Um, so to beat that team, and it's not as if we're in that early season integration mode. We're well into the season now. We're, we're going to hit halfway on, on, on Saturday. To beat them, beat them comfortably, and do it in a way which has infuriated their fan base to such an extent 
that they're writing certain articles, they're, they're fighting amongst themselves on Twitter, there's been all sorts of shenanigans going on. It's very, very, very rewarding as a Brentford fan. On a shenanigan level, from zero to ten, what would you put the shenanigan Fulham level at? Well, as this is the first time I've seen it, I want to say around an eight or a nine. It's, they're properly... That's quite Richter scale though, isn't it? Yeah, they're probably ripping into each other. Um, the guy who runs the Fulham Beach podcast, who I, who I, Sammy? Yeah, Sammy, good guy, um, who does a great job on that, did great stuff. He was thinking about shutting it down. I mean, it was, it was getting to a point where it was getting a bit too emotional. So we, and we, we triggered that. We literally battered them all over the park. And my only regret from that game is that we didn't justifiably put four or five past them because it would have gone down as the greatest Griffin Park game of all time, especially against Fulham. And it would have done, and it's just coming to, and I know a lot of people don't like XG, but we have to mention it the whole time because I think it's very important. You mention it when you're not doing well, or you mention it when you're doing well. And the XG between the two teams, we got 2.69 on the XG. Fulham were 0.75, and most of their XG came from the one chance, which is the Bobby Reed chance, right in front of the goal, towards the back end of the game as well. So that's their one big dot. Other than that, like I said, we might post this up somewhere. There's little fluttered chances outside, most of them outside the area. So they didn't even get inside our area, which goes to show you how strong our defence was to try and keep them out. Mitrovic, which everyone is absolutely waxing lyrical about, had, didn't get a sniff. Like I said, you know, the Brentford main Twitter account talked about how, you know, um, um, uh, and Pontus Jensen sort of got rid of his uh, things from his pocket, his phone and, you know, sort of kind of bits and pieces. And then also Mitrovic was inside there as well. It's an old joke, but it's still very funny when it comes to Fulham. And for, for Brentford, if you look at it, the XG chart, which is important, as we say, to XG is about how the, the quality, it's not the amount of chances, but the quality of chances you create. And if you look at it, we've got big, fat bubbles in front of the goal. In the area... There's at least three big fat bubbles, which means that we should have actually scored at least three of those chances. We scored one, we should have scored at least three, and we also had other chances, which are probably sort of slightly lesser chances, in the area and out of the area. So the guys were talking about the fact we should have won 4-0, 5-0, at least 3-0, maybe 4 or 5. And Fulham fans, and if you listen to Fulhamish podcast, and I, I recommend you listening to the Monday Fulhamish, it's only 17 minutes podcast, where they did a recap on the Brentford game. There's lots of tears going on and they were just saying, you know, to be fair, it was actually a big result for Fulham this match because we only lost 1-0 where we should have lost 5. And I think that actually speaks loads, doesn't it, Laney? Yeah, I mean, you originally asked the question, what, 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 what did, what did the, the result mean? And what, what it means to me is it, it serves as a, just another reminder of, like, we'll, we'll carry on doing the right things, whether that's the way we set ourselves up to play or whether that's our transfer philosophy, whether that's the way our coach, coaches deal with our players, it's whether, whether it's the way we, we bring youth through rather than go and pick names from, from other big clubs in Europe or the Premier League. We'll carry on doing what we think's right. And I, I'd, rather, I'd rather that than any other way at the moment. You know, of course you always want to hold on to your better players and, you know, part of us... We're all bracing ourselves for January, and you know what what could happen in the transfer window again. You know, the transfer window is Brentford fans' worst nightmare. But you know, we, we've seen every single window that you know we will lose some, and we'll get someone else in, and and that's part of the excitement. It's part of the nerves, and it's part of the frustration, but it's part of the excitement. You know, we, you can't expect Brentford to be Man City. You know, you, you, there's no other teams in. 
in Britain that don't sell players, you know. Um, apart from probably Liverpool, Man City. Liverpool, Man City, Man United, probably. That's, that's about it. Um, and then, that, apart, apart from those, like everyone else, you know, including Tottenham. You know, they, they, their players are their players are for sale. You know, Gareth Bale, he's not there anymore. You know, so you know, so I'll just say, yeah, Saturday reminded me that we are doing a myriad of really good things. Of course, we don't get it all right, but I'll take that all day long. Dan, the man. I mean, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna just get your raw views on that match because I know that you want to actually let off because you're you're no, but you are you're you're, you're so excited, you're so proud. We we were chatting before we actually switched the microphone on today. You know, you sit there with your Christmas hat on and you're sort of thinking jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to see Brentford win uh, at home. But anyway, <laughs> I mean, what is your vibes? Brentford all the way. I actually think that game was a statement to the league and everyone. I think you know we've beaten Fulham. Who are who were probably tipped to go up straight away? We've beaten them at home convincingly. All right, we didn't score 110 goals like we did against Luton, but we beat them, kept a clean sheet, and you know jobs are good. And I and I, I generally feel if, if we can continue this rich reign of form that we're on at the moment, oh, we can do anything we want. You know, and I, and, and I think teams now should actually look look at Brentford and they're a force to be reckoned with. You know. I'm going to ask a question because it's interesting because when you go back to and I'm just I'm, I'm, people don't know like that I, I love I mean I was, I'm an old computer programmer stats man mathematician all that kind of stuff I did that back in the day before I got into my slightly more creative sort of kind of music days but I do love it I love research and the fact is that Brentford you know we we should have we should have won that match you know I'm oh, sorry that's what I'm going to say and everyone's saying that we should have won that match by a lot more, but we, we didn't. Um, but however, if you notice, we played Luton and we won 7-0. And a lot of people are saying, to be quite honest, it's a bit like a training game ground, um, training ground game. And they said that, you know, in, in effect, that game was much more exciting to them and the chance that we had. Now, when you speak to the statisticians, they talk about luck. They talk about sample size. They talk about going over a number of games. And they say, you know, over the one thing they say... Over a bigger period of time, luck evens itself out. So you talk about years ago how Reading had a massively lucky season, ended up, I think it was third in the championship. You know, we're all going, how the hell are they third? But they were third in the championship. But the fact is all the statisticians were saying, listen, they've had a massively lucky season. Every time the ball hit the post, instead of going out, it went in. Everything that happened to them was lucky. The following seasons, they ended up in the lower half almost relegation candidates because as you went two, three, four seasons and even it out over that, their luck even now and they were less lucky. Now, you know, you might think that's a load of gobbledygook but what I'm going to say to you is that you look at that Luton game, we scored seven goals and literally everything went in that game. Everything that we did went in that game. Whereas Fulham, we kind of worked equally or even harder than we did at Luton but things didn't go. The goalkeeper was great. The ball, just things didn't quite come off of us. And almost in a way, we would have said, I would have loved to have beaten Luton 2-0 and Fulham 5-0 in that one. But it was just the way that the luck pans out. Again, it's that carry on doing the right thing. And, that, and that's what, you know, you, that's what the XG philosophy is kind of showing. It's like, you carry on doing it. And then you'll, by doing the right things, you'll get the right results over a period of time. So you, you say we scored seven goals against Luton, we only scored one against Fulham, 
and we didn't score any against Birmingham on the first day of the season. Well, you would have taken four against Luton, three against Fulham, and two against Birmingham, and then we would be in second place at the moment. So, you know, but all we can do is like forget about the ifs and the buts. And you know, and there will be some games that we will batter them in possession, batter them in chances, batter them in shots, and we won't score. That's football. Just, I mean, I totally agree with the luck thing. But funny enough, I, I, I saw like you looked at the players, both the the Luton and the Fulham players. They weren't up for it. Like the Luton players definitely were. The Fulham players, I think, were you know they're all ex-premiership players and they just thought maybe Tim Pot Brentford and they just weren't up for it and we, we saw that and we took that and we used that to our full advantage yes Luton luck came in because everything every time we shot a, a goal went in but the, you know those players and the motivation for both Luton and Fulham was all in my opinion was all wrong well I kind of differ with you a little bit I think Fulham were more up for it than you give them credit I just think we were a lot lot better we're just way better. I, yeah, because I mean, I, I, like especially the Fulham game. Whenever the re, whenever the ref blew, blew his whistle, the Fulham players were like sprawled little brats. They oh, why, why isn't it going our way? It's like we're Fulham. This should be going our way. It's Tim Pot Brentford. So that that that's my opinion, and I think that's ultimately what lost Fulham that game. Had they just calmed themselves down and played a game of football, they may have won. But they didn't. They acted like sports brats running around. And yeah, that's what I think that's what lost them in the game. I haven't had time to look back at the highlights or the extended highlights yet because I've had a really, really busy week this week so far. But So I'm, I'm actually going just on my memory from the game itself. But all I can remember from that game was there was a few things. First of all is that we were passing the ball like no one's business. We were pass, pass, passing, passing and moving. We were so fast. We were so hungry. So we were so up for it. And Fulham could not match that and I have to submit that I've not seen that from Brentford pretty much all season beforehand we've we've tried it but we took it to another level and Thomas Frank talked in his uh, post-match podcast which is like I said to you is on the radio show Pride of West. London. just check it out he talked about it saying that we were we deserved to win that match because we were so hungry and up for it and I've, I, I'm always thinking like tell you something if we could do that for every single game this season I'm not being funny, no one will be able to handle us, but we've had certain games where we've been passive, we've been too slow, we've said it, and we get so frustrated, so I'm wondering why we go from being really passive and so slow to being like this, and is this like a, a light bulb that has clicked, and if it has, I'm hoping we're like this against West Brom, because they're going to have to combat this, and all the other teams, because if they do, we're, no one's going to be able to handle us, but the fear that I have is that We've blown ourselves out after this, and we're going to need one or two games to kind of recover to get back into this mode. Chem? Yeah, I mean, some great points made by Dave and Dan as well. What I'll add to that is it's all about context. Luton are a poor team. Stats show that, table shows that. And therefore, for me as, as a fan and as a, as a follower of this club, just the win against Fulham, because they're a better team, and obviously because of the derby element as well, makes it a more valuable victory in terms of the overall cohesion of the squad. The squad would have, the squad would have gained more by beating Fulham 1-0 in such a style than beating um, Luton 7-0 because they know how good those players are. Mitrovic is probably the most expensive player in the league so on the biggest contract. So the reason for that is there. In terms of blowing out, well, that's the coaching staff. 
that's their job. They've got to be able to manage the players, both physically, mentally, even emotionally as well. I know the players went to um, the hospital, West, West Middlesex Hospital, to give gifts over. So hopefully they'll have some time to themselves. They had Christmas dinner as well on the, on the Monday. They had lunch together as well. So hopefully that bonding element after the game is there, where everyone's calm now, and they're now focused to beating, in my opinion, an even better side than Fulham, West Brom, who are leading the championship uh, and have about 14 points or so ahead of us. So it's, it's all to do with just trying to balance these emotions that you get from derby days and victories and keeping everyone on, a, on an even keel and then building that consistency up over this festive period. And West Brom are actually 13 points ahead of uh, Brentford. They're on 49 points and we're on uh, 36 points. So uh, we'll talk about West Brom a little bit later because that's quite an important point. We've got Dan the man who has got a very important point that he wants to make. I just want to say, I think that Fulham game just showed this team has gelled and we don't fear anyone now, you know. And I think Fulham... And, and Luton and Cardiff, you know, I, I think this team's hit that pinnacle. We just need to keep it going. You know, this team, I think, can do anything they want. If we can keep the, the camaraderie, everyone now knows each other. And, yeah, it's just a, a brilliant time and brilliant football. I think this is some of the best football we've seen at Griffin Park for years. Listen, I'm going to... Listen, I want to talk about the, the relevance of this game in compared to the, the league table, OK, which I think is very important. What I want to do is that I want to knock out West Brom and Leeds United at the moment now, who are in the two promotion places. Leeds United are on 47 points, which is uh, you know 11 points ahead of us, and West Brom 49 points, which is 13 points ahead of us. So we'll talk about that during the West Brom section. But before that, let's talk about the teams in and around us, because we've got Preston North End. They're on 37 points. We're on 36 points. We've got Sheffield United. Oh, sorry, Sheffield Wednesday below us on 36 oh, points, but we've got a better goal difference. We've got Fulham, who we just beat, on 35 points just below us. And we've got Bristol City just outside the zone on 7th place, 35 points. We've got Nottingham Forest on 34, Blackburn Rovers on 34, Swansea on 34. And then Millwall, who come out of the blue with their Gary Rowett in there on 33 points. I'm just wondering, let's have a look at the teams around us and what are you thinking about Brentford and how we're going to, in effect, start our next campaign, which is going to go into the new year uh, against these teams. Because what we've done is that we've struggled. Not struggled badly, but we've, but we've struggled, but then we've fought our way into this fourth place position now. And we're in a very good commanding position. Just Laney, I'm just going to ask you very quickly, and then we'll come back to it after the break. What are you thinking about Brentford and the teams around them? How it's going to, how it's going to go? I think Brentford are very much the team to beat. I think I think we are we are the form team. I think it's us and West Brom. The, the game we talk about it in a bit um, is that is probably for me the game of the season so far. Two teams that are really going to go at each other. I, I, I'm really looking forward to going up to Smedic on uh, on Saturday. Um, Leeds, you know, you say take Leeds out of this equation. I think Leeds are no, no, for now. Okay. We could talk about it later. Okay, yeah, you know, Leeds, Leeds uh, on Saturday showed us what Leeds are capable of being three 0 up and blowing it, and and and, that, and that's what their season is capable of once again. You know, um, you know, it's easy to chuck it, chuck the bravado hand grenade over there and just say Leeds are falling apart again. But <laughs> they they've got every every kind of uh, chance of doing that. You know, it's. I take nothing for granted. One of them. This is why I think West Brom. If we're gonna, if we're gonna lose one game over Christmas, probably the West Brom one's the one we can afford to lose. I don't think it's gonna actually impact us 
with those teams around us. So, okay, so talking about the teams around us, after this little twang, we're going to talk about the teams immediately around us, like I said to you, in the playoff places, to see exactly what that Fulham game meant and how we think, really seriously, how we're going to be doing as we move forward in this season. So, uh, listen, we're, you know, we're at top, listen, we're in the top six now, Brentford this season, number four. But this is like the proper time. I think we, 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 we were in the top six earlier in the season, but it was after a very few matches and probably didn't... Very small sample size, as they say. But now, next game against West Brom is going to be the, the last game before we've played everyone. The 23rd game of the season, that we go back into the second half of the season. So this is a very good time to be in the top four. Brentford are fourth, or top sixth. Brentford are fourth. Um, really good. 36 points, like I said to you. Beyond Leeds United, who the automatic plays on 47 points. There's a massive gap, but the tightness between us and all the teams, all the way down to, say, Millwall, even Cardiff City on 32. We're on 36, Cardiff on 32, and they're in 12th place. QPR, 31 in 13th place. I think what is really important for us to say, OK, tell you something, if we've got to consolidate, where do we see ourselves now, especially looking at that victory against Fulham, who are now in 6th place? We played Sheffield Wednesday last week. And they beat us. They're in fifth place. or above them, just about, on goal difference. Um, but there's circumstances as to why maybe we have lost that match as well. Preston North End as well, who are just slightly above us on 37 points. As well, they beat us at their place as well. So you can see things are sort of kind of panning out where we're there or thereabouts, in the, probably in the right position compared to the, the teams that are around us. But the question is, are we getting better and, and, and we need to be beating those teams in the second half of the season, but also the teams that we may have got points against, that we never got points against, like Birmingham City and the uh, Blackburn Rovers, maybe, and all these other teams, and Charlton, who at the moment now, you know... Uh, sorry? Preston. Well, no, I'm saying that Preston, forget, you know, Preston, we'll deal with that later, but the teams that we believe that we should get points against, we didn't do. If we got them, then we'll be in a different position. So we need to be consolidating points against the teams and it's not a teams like Brentford thing or a teams like you know Luton you know uh, you know Birmingham thing and all that but there's certain teams that we should get the points against we should actually put that in the position so I'm just going to talk to you Chem what, what are you what are your thoughts on where we are and where do you think we can go in the new year so we've played 20 odd games so far and my thinking of it is I want to split it into two segments uh, the period before Millwall, where we were quite patchy and there were some poor performances away, especially away from home, Preston, Forest um, as well, uh, Charlton, where we should have got something out. And then that Millwall game is a bit of a catalyst to this extraordinary run of form where we've won 12. So we've played 12, we've won eight and, and lost four. And that's given us this sort of running of two points per game and we have to keep it at that level. And the great thing about this next period of games... West Brom, Swansea, Millwall, uh, Bristol City until those next couple of games is they're all teams that are in and around us. So we're playing against direct competitors and direct rivals of the playoff spots. So my thinking is we need to not only try and win, we need to put in a really good performance in each game. If you can't, if you can't win, don't lose, draw. One of our issues is we haven't, especially against Blackburn and, and Sheffield Wednesday, we should have got something from those games. We needed to draw those games. We couldn't get that final bit in. We couldn't put in that final effort to do so. We woke up a bit too late against Blackburn. 
Uh, against Wednesday, we threw it away ourselves with a stupid handball. We need to cut out those mistakes, be a bit more sharper, uh, and use the form that we've gained over the last four or five weeks to really try and hammer down our, our potential, which all the charts show, the XD charts, um, even just looking at the goal difference, we're, we're, we've got an amazing goal difference. You know what I mean? We've conceded very few goals as well, second amount of goals as well. So we just need to keep these statistics up, keep going forward. And these next games, any victories, are, these are six pointers. And they count for double in some cases as well. I, I think we're our own, um, our, our own enemy, really. I, mean, I, think, I think so much of our fortune for, for the rest of the season is in our own hands. I think if we can continue playing to our potential, there's, there's very few clubs that can touch us. And you know, I think we've, if, you know, I think um, Cham's right that if we if we if we look at the early part of the season, up until probably well, the Charlton game in particular is a really good example of where we got better, but even players like um, Pontus Janssen, they still weren't completely settled. He was too calm. He was too kind of like um, a little bit, uh, a little bit overconfident probably. And I think I think we've grown up a lot in the in in the last couple of months. I'd say. For sure, and 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 we all we all do well by not drawing many games. I think if we can win four, lose one; win four, lose one; win three, lose two. I think if we, we carry on doing that, we'll pick up more points in these like really long unbeaten runs that are kind of really good for kind of I don't know what they're actually good for. You know, they they're, they're good for not losing, but it's about how many points you pick up and really I think losing losing a game reacting to that you know we, we bounced back from the Blackburn defeat so that was the, the biggest we got a response from that we won two on the spin will we go to West Brom and get a win will we get a draw I, I think we can go there and lose and it and it not really affect us too much if we can go there and win like happy days Happy days. And listen, just coming back to the league table because we're going to get the Dan the Man in the middle of the because it's two. West Brom and Leeds, first and second. Preston North End, third. Brentford, fourth. Sheffield Wednesday, fifth. Fulham, sixth. Bristol City, seventh. Nottingham Forest, eighth. Blackburn Rovers, ninth. So that's the actual league position, which I think is very interesting. Now, I want to actually compare that to the current form league position where West Brom are top, so they are actually matching their league position. Very, very good form there from West Brom. So, you know, we're going to talk about that later, but to go down there and get any type of result, it's going to be a good result for us away from home. Second is Leeds United as well. Um, again, they're very good form. So West Brom and Leeds United are probably in the positions they should be. Third place, interestingly, is Blackburn Rovers, who have come on a ridiculously brilliant run as of late. So uh, they're a very hard team to beat, and one of the, the teams that they beat in their run was us. So we felt a little bit hard done by because Blackburn was seen as being probably a bit, inverted commas, rubbish. And this is not a disrespect to Blackburn, but at the time they thought, no, Blackburn aren't great. Um, they're a lower league table, but what they're doing, they're on an upward trend. And to be fair to them, they've got some great players at Blackburn. They spent some money as well. Bradley Dack and that, and he came back into his own. He was a little bit um, not so good for part of this season, but he's now come back into it. Um, Brentford are fourth, so we are the same position in our current form as we are in the league. So again, it looks like we're at tracking Ryan. Fulham are fifth in current form as well, which surprises me. But um, they, they, they had a few good wins before they played us as well. And then Millwall's a dangerous team because they're sixth with Gary Rowett on their revolution. Sheffield Wednesday seventh, Cardiff eighth, Hull nine, Middlesbrough tenth, 
Barnsley left. Bristol City, interestingly, are 13th in current form. They're actually not doing that great, so they might dip out of this. You know, and there's a few other teams as well. So that's quite interesting. And then just coming back to another table, which I think that we, it's really important to check out as well. A lot of people don't like it. I keep saying that, probably on a negative thing, but the XG table is about the you know, expected goals, the chances that you create. So another table we need to be checking out, the expected goals table. Very interesting one, this, as well, because the fact is that, you know, we've got to see how everything pans out with all the other tables. Now, top of the table, actually, is Leeds United. They're second in the real table and the uh, current form table, but they're number one in the XG table. So Leeds are there or thereabouts where they should be. Now, interestingly, because number two in the, in the own for goal, expected goals, is Sheffield Wednesday. They should be, as far as they're concerned, on the expected goals number two in that table. And they beat us the other day, and we were a bit gutted about that. And we think that maybe if we had the defence with Pontus Janssen and Dalsgaard in there, we might have nicked a point from them, but they beat us. But to be fair, looking at that now, that's fair play to them, because it's not, they're not in a false position. They're in a decent position, you know. Okay, they're, they're one place below us, but according to this, they should be doing a lot better as well. Looking at number three, who should be in expected goals. Interestingly, a team in 14th place, Hull City. Hull City, you know, with Jared Bowen, who's a fantastic player as well. They're in 14th, so they're not putting away their chances, but they're doing the business. They should be number three in the expected goals table, and they're not there near at all, you know. Number four in the expected goals table, actually, Preston North End, who are actually number three in the real table. So they're there or thereabouts. And then number five in the XG table is Brentford. And we're actually four in the real table. So again, we're there or thereabouts. So it kind of shows you what you've got to compete with. It's almost like Leeds and West Brom are doing the business. We can't compete against them. Preston and us are there or thereabouts. Like I'm saying, Sheffield Wednesday are doing, you know, they're, they're, they're underperforming as it was and then I'm looking for who's number 6 in the XG table as well and, and uh, I can't even see who's going to be a number 6 in the XG table um, I'm, I'm seeing oh West Brom that's right and this is very interesting we'll talk about this later West Bromwich Albion they are top of the league but on XG which means the chances that they create they're actually 6 so they're below us and a few of the others so they're in the playoff zone in the XG table so I don't know if, there, if there's any bit of a ray of light as to, I've uh, asked to get a bit of a result there on Saturday. That has got to be it because West Strom, they've got some really, for me, and we'll talk about it later, they've got some really fantastic creative players, but it obviously shows that maybe they can be stopped. You know, um, definitely can be stopped. So that is quite an interesting showing on kind of where the reality is and where when you start kind of honing down on the, on the mathematics where it's going to lie. See, every single game this, this season, apart from perhaps two, maybe three, we've been really competitive. We, we, we haven't let ourselves down too badly in any of those defeats, bar probably Preston, bar maybe Forest, maybe Forest yeah, where we didn't really show up. So, you know, we, we do have a level of consistency. And if you're going to pay any attention to these tables, you either got to believe in them or you don't believe in them. And I think there's enough evidence now to suggest that you should pay attention to all of these form, XG, and um, and and kind of uh, yeah, and the real table, the actual points table. So the, 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 it's all a different way of interpreting and, um, and and translating numbers and and performance. And we are at the top 
in the top, we're in the playoff positions in all of those metrics, and I think that shows we're doing the right thing. We just got to carry carry on doing it, and then you know you, you're right, Bill, to say that West Brom and Leeds they're the teams to beat. Uh, we go to we go to the Hawthorns. They 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 battered us battered us last year, and we come away with a point. I hope hopefully it's less one way traffic on Saturday, and we can come away with at least one point. But we don't draw away; we win or lose. So you know, I'm I go I go there I go there hopeful. And, and I think what this is saying to us is like look, the same example. Look, Leeds United they're rightfully up there, and the fact is that if we played Leeds again, which we're not going to be playing till like March, I think it was. Yes, we might get a result because we're a very good side, but then playing other teams. They're doing the right things and they'll probably get the right results against them. Whereas West Bromwich Albion, it's almost like there's a chink of light there. They're doing very, very well, but it goes to show you that if, all they need is a little bit of a bad spell, a bit of an injury, a bit of a period where they're actually not scoring the goals which they are scoring, which has put them above where they are, and somebody can nip in there. So, you know, we could go there on Saturday and get a result and it'll be really different. I'll tell you what is quite interesting on this. A lot of people don't, don't believe the XG thing, but the fact is that you should look at it just to get an idea. Stoke City, really interesting. 22nd in the league, 7th on XG, which means that they create a load of chances, but they don't put any of them away. There's something really horribly going wrong at Stoke. There's apparently behind the scenes, you know, the infrastructure, whatever it may be, it's kind of really bad. But Stoke City are basically, they're saying, are never a relegation side, but they probably are because obviously there's something horrible going on in there. And in a way, that's quite good for us because if you've got a side like Stoke City who are performing better than teams like you know, Bristol City and even Fulham um, and, uh, and, and teams like that, but they're not performing, that's actually really quite good for Brentford because as long as we can keep our levels up and keep doing what we're doing, then that's all good, champ. Yeah, again, this reinforces the argument of keeping that consistency up. Let's keep doing what we're doing already. Um, and remember, these teams, West Brom, uh, Leeds, Middlesbrough, Stoke, they don't want to play us. These teams do not want to play us. They, they would rather take a point, come here, take a point. Even, um, I was having a chat with some West Brom fans earlier, and they're not looking forward to this game at all. Against Swansea, they won 5-1. In that first half, Swansea could have put two or three past them easily. They sort of, Swansea broke down towards the end of the second half. That's why they got a result. Against Birmingham, it was very competitive. So, And I think it's interesting because you talk about Swansea. I think Swansea, and even though very good, Swansea are probably quite similar to Brentford, yeah. the way that they play their football, and probably the mistakes that we made in the last couple of seasons yeah. where we were very um, um, defensively fragile. Yeah. So we played great football, then bang, 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 somebody hits us in the back of the net. We saw it when we played them, where they had more of the game, but we still beat them because we've learned how to maybe lock that down. And that's probably the same thing that happened against West Brom uh, when they played Swansea. Yeah, and the, the difference between Brentford of last season and Brentford of this season has been a far more uh, defensive setup in terms of there's a mentality now and a love. Thomas Frank calls it a love of defending, where everyone uh, wants to get back, even if it's Embermo, Benrama, they all want to get back, they all want to defend, they want to keep the clean sheets. The transfer of Rea now and the introduction of him has, has been brilliant. And we've conceded half as many goals, and that's the reason why we're doing it as well. Um, so a brilliant, a brilliant start of the season, and hopefully it'll continue as, as such. Yeah, I mean, West Brom are under so much pressure to keep being at the top of the table and have that level of, you know, being top, you know. And so we can go there and we can just, I think we can just play our football but without too much pressure. I think that's actually how we're going to get that result. 
Um, yeah, but going back to the earlier points, our defence this season has been immense, especially over the last three, four games. It's been immense. If we can just keep that level up, you know, I, I generally think we can go up to West Brom on Saturday and get a result. Immense defence, and we're talking about sort of kind of all sorts of rhyming slang that is going on down there. Listen, we're in the George the Fourth in Chiswick. This is this pub. We came here. I think we came here. Might have come here last Christmas as well before, and it's really great. You've got the main room out there. You've got the party room out the back. It's an absolutely TV joy. If you haven't been down, you just come down even before a match. It's fantastic. Or come down there in the evening. We love this place. It's really good. They're taking absolutely fantastically great care of us. Come back here next week. I think that's probably quite a good idea about coming back here next week. We might do because we're doing our Christmas special podcast this week, so we can do that. And uh, we might even invite a few. Sham, you fancy coming down next week? Of course, mate. Of course, always well, always happy to do, do so. So it's right. We get we'll get Sham down next week. I'll be I'll be here next week. Lady be here next week, and we'll see whoever else we can come down the renegades of the Atomic Age. Gary Cole. We'll, we'll call the characters, we'll get them down next week. But look, we're going to be moving on and talking about, because listen, the Fulham game has given us great joy. But you can't dwell on one game. Because we've got another game on Saturday against West Brom, who are technically the best team in the league. They had a bit of a hangover last season. They sacked a manager, they put in a new manager. He's come in and they're very happy with him. And they're doing very well and they're playing some fantastic football. But they haven't come against the mighty, mighty bees as yet. So we're going up to West Brom on Saturday. We're going to be talking to Shin from Apna Albion to find out exactly what is going down with the Albion. My name is Shin and I'm chairman of a West Bromwich Albion supporters group called Apna Albion. Apna is a Punjabi word which translates into the word our. So Apna Albion is our Albion. We formed a couple of years ago from local fans who've been season ticket holders, some as early as the late 70s, going into the 80s and 90s. And what we're trying to do is encourage encourage the local community, which is predominantly South Asian, Punjabi Indian, in and around the Hawthorns, and get them along to enjoy a match day experience at West Bromwich Albion rather than what's happening now with kids going round with the Chelsea tops, Liverpool tops, Man United tops. We're trying to show that West Bromwich Albion is an inclusive club and it opens its doors to everyone. doesn't matter your background, your gender, your ethnic origin. We just want to have fun and boing boing along the way. Um, it's been a difficult few few years being a supporter having stabilised ourselves in the Premier League under, I think it was Roy Hodgson at the time, and then, not last season, the season before, it was kind of the perfect storm where we went through three or four managers during the season. Nobody had expected relegation that year, and somehow with the squad that we have, uh, we slipped through the trapdoor. Unfortunately, Big Dave, Darren Moore, came in towards the end of the season. We started winning games, but... We didn't quite manage to get enough points and spent last season applying our trade in the Championship, which kind of was a blessing in disguise, really, where fans had actually started to enjoy their football again. The atmosphere was picking up. We were filling the stadium. Everybody knows what a Tony Pulis side is like, and I think that last year, last year and a half of his reign, it kind of sucked the lifeblood out of the football club 
people weren't coming to games. There was a horrible atmosphere in the games. There was a lot of debate going on, arguments, fans saying, give him time, he'll keep you in the Premier League. But it just wasn't meant to be. Um, and then last year was kind of a breath of fresh air, really, being back into the Championship, finding out atmosphere, what it's like, and actually start winning games again, going into games, expecting to win games. Um, we'd hope to make an immediate return into the Premier League. Didn't quite work that way, where we fell to our local rivals on penalties in the semi-finals of the, of the playoffs back end of last season. It was a hard pill to swallow, really, being with our local rivals, Aston Villa. But if anybody watched that game or was at that game, the atmosphere on that final day was tremendous. It's nothing like I've seen before, probably since our playoff semi-final win over Swansea back in, I think, 92, 93 it was. And it kind of reignited everyone's passion for the game. People started enjoying their football. Um, the club had to make a big decision in the summer as to whether the caretaker manager, Jimmy Shan, would be given the role. The club opted to go for a bit more experience and we managed to kind of punch above our weight, I reckon, in securing the manager, Slaven Bilic, previously got to a semi-final with Croatia, had done really well at West Ham. He came in, we had a new technical director, so there was a lot of change in the back room. And with a lot of good recruitment, we started the season really, really well. Um, I suppose, talking of recruitment, one of the key signings of the summer was Romain Sawyers, born and bred, West Bromwich Albion fan. Everyone had hoped he'd break into the first team. He was sold, well, I think he may have been released, and had gone off to Brent, Brentford and made a really good reputation of himself. And it's like a homecoming for him for this season. So it's pretty much he's coming back home to lead his beloved Baggies back into the Premier League. Still speaks very highly of Brentford. Uh, there's been a lot of talk in, in the papers and local media of, of how much he enjoyed himself there, how much of a rapport he had with the fans. So hopefully they'll give him a good reception when he steps out onto the pitch. And at the final whistle, when hopefully we walk away with the three points, he will still go over to the fans and, um, and wish them well. Um, the few other players um, at Brentford, I think, familiar faces is Luke Daniels. He started his career, or he was kind of reserve goalie at West Bromwich Albion. Didn't quite make the grade at the time. And another player is Pontus Janssen, another captain of Brentford. He was a player that we'd been linked with. Didn't quite manage to get that over the line. But either way, it's been a very good season. We've got some critical wins on the road. Opening day of the season, uh, Nottingham Forest, the one result that sticks in mind, as was our win at Hull City. We've had a couple of late winners when Charlie Austin seems to be banging on form. So even when we've not been playing well, we've been managed to be picking up points. So we'd be disappointed if we didn't finish at the top two come <clears throat> the end of the season. Um, I think if anybody finishes above us, we'll be promoted. However, there's a chasing pack behind us, which we know... We're going to still need to keep pick up points. A whole number of teams, Brentford, Sheffield Wednesday, Preston. You can't rule out Birmingham City making a late run. You've got Fulham in there as well. So uh, we're just going to have to keep battling and picking up as many points as we can uh, until the end of the season. I'm looking forward to Saturday's game. Brentford are an informed team. They've won a bit of a run. I think scored seven goals against 
Luton a few weeks ago had possible one reverse against Sheffield Wednesday, another team that was on form at the time. So I think looking back at the results for October, November, December time, um, we're, we're expecting a battle royale, um, hopefully a really good atmosphere. Uh, fingers crossed we can pick up the three points and stay top of the league. Um, in terms of predictions, it could be anything. Um, I definitely think we'll concede a goal, but we're, we're very, very good going forward. Um, we could score two, we could score three, we could score more than that. We've been getting a lot of late goals, so really not sure what to expect um, from the game, really. Uh, any any Brentford, Brentford fans coming up to the game? Quite a few places you can enjoy a pre-match beer with some nice bit of food. Uh, none more so than the Vine. Very good food. It's probably 10-15 minutes walk away from the ground. Um, hopefully you don't enjoy the game too much. Prediction, I would say 3-1 Albion. Um, hope you enjoy the day out. Enjoy the atmosphere. And we'll see you later. If you want any more details, please follow me on Twitter at ShinTheBaggy. And you can also follow the group Upna Albion at Upna Albion. Uh, thanks again and hopefully everyone enjoys the game with a good atmosphere on Saturday. Thank you. So West Brom on Saturday and you heard there from Shin from Apna Albion. Really interesting to think what we're going to do on Saturday against West Brom. Because there's a different vibe around Brentford now. Where we've got this sort of kind of, hmm, we could probably beat anyone in this league if we play like we did against Fulham because trust me and if, if any Albion fans are saying we're not sitting there to try and say oh we're so big it's just like we played some football we were like oh my god what's going on here we were passing and moving and passing and moving so fast you know Fulham was saying they were terrible but Fulham were right we were just on a, we just, just raised it to another level we were absolutely fantastic so whether or not we can do that for every game this season I'm not 100% sure but um, I'm so excited about coming to this game. And if we can get a point at Albion, I'll be happy. If we can get three points at Albion, I'll be absolutely delighted. And like we said to you, we just don't want to lose against them. But listen, West Bromwich Albion, let me just run through where we're at at the moment now. Because West Bromwich Albion, we've seen them play some matches. They're top of the league. They're, they're 13 points clear of us. And they're, they're playing some great football. And they, 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 they're very good at finishing scoring chances. So you, you can't give them a sniff on goal. You know, um, They're very good at creating chances through the through balls. They're really, really good at creating chances through individual skill. They've got some fantastic players. Listen, they're in the Premier League and they've got all sorts of you know, money that they can pay players. You know, for, that's why Sawyer's left Brentford to, you know, to get paid 30 or grand or whatever it is a week at West Brom. You know, um, they're, they're good at coming back from losing position. So even if we go ahead, we have to watch out. They're good at, sh- they're very good at that. Good at shooting from f- direct free kicks down the wings and uh, long shot opportunities. But what is interesting, they're very, not very good at defending against long shots. So De Silva will be like, you know, his eyes will be like, okay, we'll have some of that. Defending against skillful players, which we've got plenty of that in our camp as well. Defending against set pieces as well, they're not great at that. Um, we got up our set pieces, but we did score from a corner the other day, so I suppose that's a bonus. And also stopping opponents 
from creating chances, which we're actually very good at doing. We just need to put them in the back of net. So that's West Bromwich Albion's characteristics. I mean, what are your thoughts after hearing that about West Brom? Yeah, it just shows what happened in the previous two games. Uh, against Swansea at home, um, Swansea got back into the game from a corner. Surridge sort of put it in. Uh, but then, then Swansea started playing. Into Swansea the or Cardiff? No, Swansea. Swansea at home. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. So, and, and uh, afterwards in the second half, they took control of the game. They started passing it. And on the counter-attack, they destroyed Swansea. Against Birmingham, um, it was two set pieces that, and, and that put them in trouble. And they, they were flailing around quite a bit. And it was only Austin's brilliance that got them out of it. So they do have the players, uh, but they do have weaknesses as well. They're not a Wolves or Bournemouth or Watford from previous seasons that were quite imperious and you knew they were a Premier League team in the meeting. They do have vulnerabilities. And I would like Brentford to be a little bit more um, industrial, maybe. And maybe, maybe when you get tackled, stay down and get the free kick and put Pontus down there, put Pinnock down there. Try and uh, style it out a little bit and, and see what happens. If we, if we can go there and get a point... I'd be great. Uh, I think most people listening to this, most Brentford fans listening to this, had it down as a loss at the beginning of the season uh, when we were looking at our predictions. But if we do win, we are, yeah, we've done a, a massive, massive bonus for ourselves and that can only be acclaimed, really. I'll go, this is the game of the season so far. This, this is the, this is like two form teams going head to head. West Brom are obviously slightly favourites because they're at home. And, you know, they are, as, as we've just spoken about, they're top of all the kind of metrics. But we are capable of absolutely anything. We're capable of a narrow defeat. I, don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say we're capable of imploding, but you're going to get one of those over the course of a season as well. So, you know, I, I just actually think the players are going to be bang up for this. The fans are going to be bang up for this. We're going to go up there. We're going to finish the finish this year off in style, and I, I think we want to go there and we and we want to win. I've not seen Brentford win at the Hawthorns, and uh, I think that's what, that's a big tick off the box. I think I think we do a win, so let's go and win. And, and, and just coming back to it, I mean, obviously the, the way that a team plays get updated as the season goes on, and 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 this is what you know West Brom are going to be up against. Obviously, Brentford are very good at defending set pieces. You know, we've got our. We've got our defenders there, you know, the, the Jensen and the Pinnock in there, and they're really great at sort of kind of pulling that back. Very strong at that. They're strong against uh, counter-attacking, attacking down the wings, creating long-shot opportunities, as we talked about before, and also we're very good at protecting the lead. But what is interesting, and this has come over the last about month or so, they're talking about the weaknesses of Brentford. We talked about West Brom's weaknesses, and they say at the moment... There's no significant weaknesses. Now, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but, yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it probably goes to show how we've probably progressed maybe over the last month or so, doesn't it, um, Dan the man? Yeah, no, I, I think I, I agree with what's all been said before. I think, you know, two attacking teams going to go for it. Um, yeah, I think I, not, I don't think anyone can really call it. I don't know if Romain Sawyers will be a... A pawn in this, you know, see if what he can do anything to help us or hinder us. You know, it's, it's the remain sort of star. But so yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be glued to glued to all the screens at home and hopefully, yeah, let's go for it. We've got nothing to lose. Let's go for it. Let's go for a win. And I think our form suggests and the way we play, you know, we can we can go there and at least get a point. Let's bring it back to listen. The previous section we talked about the playoff spots. However. 
We are talking about the top two spots here now, which is West Bromwich, Albion, Leeds United, who everyone, if you listen to all the pundits, like sheep, they're all going off on the same, you know, they all go off on the same verdict. They say, oh, yeah, yeah. it's all about West Brom, it's all about Leeds. So, uh, and the reason why I'm saying this is not a disrespect on the, the pundits, but I've heard them before, the beginning of the season. You know, last season, they're all going, oh, yeah, Stoke City are going to run away with it because the, the quality of they have got on their side is fantastic. And it's just like... Where do you get this information from, and where do you make your? How do you make these? I know everyone's got to have a, a point of view, but where do you make it from? So this is fine. I understand they're thirteen points ahead, but however, it is as Laney says, and it is copyrighted. It is a forty-six game season. It is. It, there's a voice. Nine month season. Sorry, I got it wrong. It's a nine month season. So it finishes in May. So we're only in December. Remember Norwich City. You were out of the picture in uh, December and then January they just went on a remarkable run and they came into it and everyone's like oh that's so fantastic so all I'm trying to say is I'm not saying we're going to do that that is a situation that can happen now with these top two places I'm saying we've got West Brom and Leeds I'm just thinking what are your thoughts here do you think these guys are good enough to hold on to their position or do you think that somebody might be able to challenge them for one of those automatic promotion places. Shem? Well, to be quite honest, I looked at the table and I looked at recent performances and I've got a feeling that that top two, in my opinion, won't change. I don't think it will be as big as a gap. I think it will narrow. But they've got such a a lead already that it will take a monumental fluff for them to, to get out of it. Having said that, though, if you look at the last two games that both teams played, um, Birmingham probably should have gotten a point away at the Hawthorns. And it was only their own, just the brilliance of Austin that got the West Brom the three points. Leeds, on the other hand, was sensational for an hour. And then for some weird, some sort of mantra went over them. And they ended up conceding three goals to, to an absolute like awfulness. They, they could have been four or five up, really. So, And we all know about Leeds. They do have the tendency to bottle it in the last third. Uh, <laughs> falling apart again but, but, but in the truth they are in the second year of Bielsa he's a fantastic task manager probably in my opinion the best manager in the league um, with his experience with his philosophy and I think he's got enough about him and about Leeds for them to go up automatically but you never know you never never know all it takes is look at Preston they lost four in a row could happen look at, look at Fulham they won four in a row they lost three in a row you never know in this league. All it takes is one one week's of fixtures, three losses. It could be three one nils, ninety minute goals against Leeds. We can win two and, and draw one, take seven points. Maybe take nine points, and the gap's down to four. So you never know. You never know. Well, see, I know we're going to talk about the, the team of the decade in the next the next podcast. So I won't go too much into that. But the the, the um. The gauntlet that's been thrown down really for this team is whether they can beat the first season in the championship when we finish fifth. And I think this this squad have got every chance of doing that. So whether we finish second or third or fourth, if we can beat fifth, then we can show that we are the best Brentford team that we've 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 had in living memory. So I, I think we're, we're I think we're capable of doing that if we, if we can show the same sort of consistency we have over the last kind of month or two um, it's really we, we, we're reliant on one of those top two to kind of implode 
you know, Leeds is the one that I'm expecting to, just because I'm predictable. Um, West Brom, I think there's too much. They got too much nous. They're, they're you, you know, they, they, you know, Jeremy, Jeremy Pease as, as chairman there. He's guided that team up and down over the last decade and a half. Like he's, they've been a yo-yo prem championship team for a long, long time. They, they, they've got it. They've got it sussed. They're, they're, they're well within their comfort zone at the moment. Leeds, they will be looking over their shoulders, being concerned, and they, they'll give it the we are the best team in the you know world. We're the European champions, etc. But history shows that they they bottle it as as a, as a team. So um, they're the ones that I'm looking looking at to hopefully implode again. We just got to carry on. We just got to carry on being consistent, Bill. It's interesting you say that because I'm actually the exact opposite. I think that I think that Leeds might have actually learnt from their lesson, and I think that Leeds the, the, the amount of chances that they create and what they do. I think they're absolutely. Um, I think they're 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 bang on for promotion this season. I don't think they're fluffy. I think West Brom. I think they're a really, really, really good and a, and a flair side. But sometimes these flair sides, they 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 they, they struggle when you come up against um, some you want to stick them up them type opposition. You know they've got great players like Piera, Diangana. You know you know you're talking about you know Bartley, Phillips, even Ajay who. Uh, Maybe Brentford should have maybe had a little sniff at, you know, when he was at Rotherham last season because he was totally and utterly available at that time. And, you know, the predicament that we're in this season, you know, a player like him would have been really, really useful to, to, to Brentford. But, you know, he's gone into West Brom, fair play to them. They picked him up. Obviously, Romain Sawyers is a fantastic player and the key, but we know how he plays. I mean, looking at, you know, things like um, what's happened is that it looks like West Brom just go about and doing their business. Um, who scored is a, is, a, is a fantastic website, whoscored.com, and they look at their, uh, you know, look at the average scores for their, their team as well. Sam Johnson is a goalkeeper, 6.6, you know, their defence is between 6 and 7, you know, Furlong, Ajay, Bartley and Ferguson, you know, Charlie Austin, you know, he's just coming, just started scoring goals recently, 6.7, Piera is out there on 7.6, Diangara is on 7, you know, Phillips on 7, but looking, comparing it to the Brentford team, you know, Martin is on 6.7. Dalgard, our defence is practically on 7. With Dalsgaard, Janssen, Janvier and Henry. 6.87 between that. We got Ben Rama on 7.8. Watkins on 7.4. Biemo on 7.4. Jensen, Norgard and Silver and 7s plus on the midfield. So if you actually look at those scores, like this doesn't mean anything. But it's interesting to see them over the season. They've been getting the results because they've probably got somebody who bangs the ball in the back of the net. But our team actually has been scoring higher than their team over the whole season. And I'm just thinking, Fulham game, Cardiff game, you know, Millwall, all that lot, things are starting to turn for Brentford and hopefully things are starting to go for us in the right type of way because what we've been saying is that we can match any team. These scores by the statisticians are saying, actually, we are on paper better than West Brom slightly better than West Brom so what I would like to think when we go there we're going to give West Brom a little bit of a surprise so I mean this is where we're thinking and we're not getting above ourselves now all we do listen it's a podcast and we we have to talk about football for about an hour and a half so we're, we're, we're looking at all the different options of where we're at and we're in a 
to be fair, we're in a good position. We, we were very good against Fulham. The fact is that we, we don't know whether or not we'll be that good against West Brom because it took a lot out of us, that game. And also, West Brom were a very good side. And they would have, they would have watched that video a hundred times over their boss to make sure that they don't make the same mistakes that Fulham did. I mean, we overran them in midfield. You know what I'm saying? We were just past them. So we're going to have to be kind of different there. And, you know, maybe, you know, I said Thomas Frank would be happy with a point at West Brom. I suppose we'll all be happy with a point at West Brom, but maybe we can nick it. But we just don't want to lose it. I mean, just going around the table here, we've got West Brom coming up now. This is coming up to a new um, year now, coming up to a new decade now. Brentford have obviously, as I said, metamorphosized from 2010 through this whole decade to where we are now. And also we're looking at a side who potentially could be top six. But to be top six, we have to be consistent. And to be consistent, we need to, A, beat the teams or actually get results, the teams around us, and make sure that we beat the teams who are lower and significantly lower than us. And that's nothing to do with teams like Luton, teams like, you know, whoever it may be. It's just like, that's what you need to do if you're going to get a, a, at least a playoff place, a promotion place. So, Cham, how are you feeling going into this new year? Um, feeling very, very positive. Um, we've, we've had a brilliant 2019. I'd love to see the stats on, on our win, win-loss record just for the calendar year. And it's imperative now that the team finish off the final three three or so fixtures left in the league by, 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 by enhancing that record, really. West Brom is not a gimme game at all. They're top for a reason, as they've shown in many games in the, in the, in the last few weeks even. But we, they have issues as well. Dean Garner, the very tricky winger on loan from West Ham, he's injured. Kieran Gibbs, who they got from Arsenal a couple of seasons ago, he's a, he pulled up his, uh, his thigh against Swansea, so they've had to bring Ferguson from his natural position and, and then put Furlong on the right. Furlong used to play for QPR. In my opinion, he wasn't that great. So there's someone who could, we can target. So there are, there are weaknesses there and we shouldn't go into this game fearing the worst. Um, we should go in with a positive mindset. Remember, they probably don't want to play us. They could probably win, but they would rather play another team. They wouldn't want to, no one wants to play Brentford in this form, especially after the two home games against the, the relegated Premier League sides. So I want us to go in positive. I want us to challenge for every ball. Utilise our set pieces better as well, because that's a weakness. And make sure that if, if we do get something, if we, even if we don't get something out of it, we put in a performance that we can carry on to Swansea and Millwall away to finish the year off well. So you asked how I'm feeling going into the uh, West Brom game. Um, feeling slightly horny. I'm confident. <laughs> um, and... Um, I, I, I just think we're probably due, we're overdue a draw. So I, I'll take a draw at the Hawthorns. My gut feeling is that this is like a, a game too far for us. I don't think we're a worse team than West Brom. I just think them at home, them on their roll, I think it's a game that we could lose. Uh, but we could win too. So anything's possible, but I think we're just overdrew, overdue a draw. And that's what I'm going to go for, a one-all draw. I'm going to be a little bit more positive. I'm going to go for a 3-2 win to the Bees, I think. We're, you know, West Brom are an attacking team. We like playing against attacking teams. Let's go for it. We've got nothing to lose. I think we're going to be invigorated after the, the, the West... Um, sorry, the, the Fulham game. Yeah, 
Let's go for it. Three, two to the bees. And for me, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one because I, I'm, I'm really actually looking forward to, to, to going to this game. I'm, I'm going out to Brighton on the Friday, then coming back up on the Saturday to go to the West Brom game, as you do, because if you're you know, a sporter and you want to go and watch the team play, that's what you do. But um, I, was, I was fortunate enough to have gone to the West Brom versus Aston Villa, or both of them actually, um, uh, playoff semi-final, but to both the same playoff semi-final matches, and in particular the match at the Hawthorns. And if you West Brom fans are listening to you, uh, I went to all the playoff games, and that was the that was the match for me. The atmosphere. I, I love the Leeds match with the Derby, but that the atmosphere at that game was unbelievable. So the fear that I have is if you match the atmosphere um, as you did for the semi-final game. We could find it quite difficult because you were pretty wicked that day. And I, I was lucky to have been dotting between the West Brom fans and the Aston Villa fans because I was filming some bits and pieces for Sky TV. From a fan's perspective, it was. And it was absolutely, I really enjoyed it. Great game. Unfortunately, you lost, but it was wicked. But the atmosphere was great. So I'm hoping you don't reap that type of atmosphere. In fact, if you don't do, then hopefully we'll do what we can do. If we played like we did against Fulham, I would say at minimum we should get a draw but I would love to say that we can nick a win 2-1 to the Bees I would like to say because I'm trying to be positive about this one because I'm, I'm positive minded at this very moment in time and Cham you never gave a score prediction did you because you were scared <laughs> no I just wanted to I wanted to see what else I want to say but for me personally I think I would love a win but I think we are overdue a draw we've only got three so I think it's going to be a very entertaining 2-2 but we, we'll, we'll, we won't embarrass ourselves. We'll make sure we get out of there with a point. And we'll carry that on to Swansea and move all away, which I think are more winnable games. And the games that probably the management team expect us to win. Listen, this is great. This has been the besotted Bridal West London podcast. The last podcast before Christmas. And all I want to do, Billy Grant here, and the chums, the cham, the laney, and the dan, the man, want to miss all the... Want to wish all the besotted listeners here and anyone else listening a very very happy Christmas hope you have a fantastic Christmas hope you have a great time with your friends and your family and hopefully you know you could just chill out we'll you know hopefully get the points on Saturday and then we can come back and then you must definitely check out our Christmas day Christmas special podcast prideofwest.london we'll be talking about all sorts of nonsense on there like you know we'll be talking about the team of the decade we'll be talking about you know original bees we'll be talking about you know the things that we loved and hated the positives and the negatives from this whole year but like i said to you i'm billy grant this is from the george the fourth pub in chiswick it's vibing here there's people here on christmas parties they're loving it they're having it we're here with my buddies having a right good laugh as we sigh merry christmas guys Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.